your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk with football great and broadcast analyst Kwame Lasseter. We're ready to talk football and anything else sports. Right here, right now, here's your host, Kwame Lasseter. Hey, welcome to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on Divorce American Network. We will talk about a few things, you know, going into this uh, weekend with the Super Bowl being involved. But first, let me say the Arizona Cardinals are in the Super Bowl. Again, the Arizona Cardinals are in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> now, a lot of now a lot of people are out, out there are not giving these guys a chance. You know, it, it takes a little luck. But these guys have made some plays this year. They have they have won some games, and that's huge for the organization. And it's even more special that the fans support here. Now, I play here. I'm in the Valley. I play here for a amount of years, and I remember the fans here were out at the Sun Devil Stadium in, in that hot sun. The organization, the Bill Wells, they did a great job of bringing a stadium here, getting these guys out the sun where we can have our first two or three home games at home instead of having them on the road, which was always a problem because our fans, you know, are sitting in the sun. But it kind of confused me a little bit that we can go to teams like Green Bay in the wintertime. We can go to teams like Chicago. We go back east to D.C. in the wintertime, but they can't play at the beginning of the season in our hot sun. So um, it's the fan support here is magnified 10 times, if not even more. And the Arizona Cardinals are well-deserving of this. And, and I'd like to thank the Arizona, Arizona Cardinals for bringing a winner in town. I remember the last time we heard that, Buddy Ryan was the head coach. And he said, there's a winner in town. We haven't won since then. So uh, congratulations to the Arizona Cardinals. And um, this weekend is going to be a great, great, great opportunity for these guys. Great opportunity to bring a victory or bring a win back to the Valley. Um, now, let me get into a, a little bit about the Super Bowl, which is about five days away. Obviously, we'll talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we get into what's going to take for both teams to be successful, 1-888-346-9144. That's the number where you can call in, be a part of the discussion, be a part of the show, voice any opinions and comments that you may have. Again, that number is one 346 9144. Now, I mentioned earlier that a lot of people are not giving these guys a chance. Now, the Cardinals, they did stumble into the playoffs, but they won. They clinched the, per, they clinched the division, the NFC West. So the motivation factor there was, you know, we're not too certain about where it was as far as after these guys clinched and, and did they take a few games off because they had the uh, Minnesota Vikings come in. They had the New England Patriots away, and these teams got destroyed. And a lot, like I said, a lot of teams, a lot of people are not giving these guys a fair chance at winning the Super Bowl. And once you get in, I, I mentioned it takes a little luck. You have to get in. Other teams have to do certain things if you're not taking care of your business during this season. We'll call these people prognosticators, if you will, the ones who don't give Arizona Cardinals a chance. And for that matter, not even in, they shouldn't even be in the Super Bowl as far as they're concerned. I'm gonna speak on that a little bit because I, I disagree with. In the NFL, you're always one play away from playing or not playing. And that's, that's barring injury or a coaching decision or what have you. But you're always one or two players or plays away from not playing. You're always one or two players away from getting a good team over the hump. And that's what I think the Arizona Cardinals did. 
they brought in the right people, not so much the big name guy, the big name guy who's out there in free agency, but they brought in the right people to fit this team, to fit the mold of the coach, to fit the attitude that he brought in, to, fit, to bring more discipline, more veteran guys. And they mixed these guys in with a group of young guys in the draft, and these guys know their role. And that's why we're talking about the Arizona Cardinals. And they added a lot of pieces to the puzzle to get this thing together. And these guys, they honestly do understand their roles, and they have playmakers both offensively and defense. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I give these guys a chance. But if you go back in history, you go back in time and – and you think about the St. Louis Rams when they won the Super Bowl. You have to you have to remind yourself that these guys were four and twelve the year before they won the Super Bowl. Again, they were four and twelve. Now the Cardinals were eight and eight last year. Now never mind the record of, of nine and seven this year. They they did what they were supposed to do. A lot of teams going to the season saying we have to get in the playoffs. There's there's about twenty teams can talk about the Super Bowl. But the other teams are talking about we need to get into the playoffs because once you get into the playoffs, you have something you have something to build towards. You can bring the right players in. You can bring certain free agents in, but you have something to build towards. So a lot of teams want to get in the playoffs and find that chemistry and then take that offseason to look at what we need. What are we going to do to get the right team, right players in here to have our team to be, our, to be a successful football team? So the Arizona Cardinals did that. They got the right pieces of puzzles together. They got the players, like, like I mentioned, not so much the big-name guy, the big-name guy who come in and previous years used to come into the Arizona Cardinals organization and get a contract and go elsewhere. But they got the right guy, a disciplined guy, a veteran guy. They draft well as far as rookies were concerned. They, um, they brought in the right free agency. It's not so much a star-studded team, but these guys fit, fit the role. These guys know their job. And they, got, they go out there and get it done week in and week out. Now, never mind. You're not going to win. And we've seen this all year. You're not going to win 16 games. It's impossible. Even if you win 13 in a row, it's impossible. Because what are you going to do with your players come playoff time? And that was evident with the Tennessee Titans having a successful early start of the season, winning probably 13, 14 games in a row. I think it was 13. Then they lose a game, but they come back. They come back, but you have to rest some of your players or, or do you play them a certain amount of time as far as the uh, playoffs are concerned so you can have these guys. But, but as far as the Arizona are concerned, I think, I think it was a very special season, a very special playoff as far as, they, as, far as these, these, go, these guys go. Two out of their three games were played at home. Now, if you know anything about home field advantage, that is huge for this team. Now, they again, two out of three games, they went to – they went to New England. They got destroyed. Now, New England, they finished the season, I think it was 11-5, and and they didn't even make the playoffs. Now, they, they, they play Minnesota, where Adrian Peterson has about 165. Back in New England, uh, Matt Castle, who's a first-year starter for the New England Patriots after Tom Brady goes down to get hurt. Now, while I'm mentioning this, I'm also talking about the adversity that the Arizona Cardinals had to overcome to the road to the Super Bowl. So Matt Castle throws for 300 and probably 45 yards on these guys. And you look at this team like, and everybody, and I mentioned, everybody said they shouldn't be here. But you look at this team, they, these guys have already clinched the playoffs against the St. Louis, against the St. Louis Rams at home. They, again, they took two. You don't like to see this. You never want to see your team take two weeks off after clinching the playoffs because you want the motivation factor to be there. You want, to know, you want them to see a bigger picture and build towards the playoff like the New York Giants did last year. 
the New York Giants was on a roll last year. They built towards the playoffs, and they, and they got things done. It's evident these guys win the Super Bowl. But the Arizona Cardinals took two weeks off, um, being destroyed by Minnesota, being destroyed by the, by the uh, New England Patriots. But they come home, and they beat the, New Eng- they beat the Seattle Seahawks. And that's huge because it was a home game. I think it would have been a different story if these guys had to go on a road to Seattle with the performance they put in the two weeks prior. But they come home and they play the Seattle Seahawks and they beat these guys. And that prompted them to getting back on the right track. And that, that was a one-game winning streak finishing off the season. And here they come. Here come the Atlanta Falcons, a team that was on the rise all year, a team that had did a great job, not only just for that team, not only for the organization, but the city. And I, what I mean by that, the Michael Vick incident that uh, happened prior to the previous year and, and all that turmoil that came with it. But it was great to see a team like the Atlanta Falcons come in and win football games. But they come into the um, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and the Arizona Cardinals beat these guys at home to prompt their second playoff win since 98 and go into the Super Bowl with a winning streak. And that's what made it so special. Then they go into Carolina, where no one gave these guys a chance. They go to Carolina and they beat these guys 33-13. And this is a team where, and this is a team where, they've been successful all year. They stumbled every year with Steve Smith not being in play, but they finished off strong. They had they had probably one of the better teams. They had probably one of the better teams in the National Football League, but somehow. They just couldn't get it done. But the Arizona Cardinals, playing with that motivational factor of no one's giving us a chance, they found a way to get it done. They played great defense. And if you watch that game, these guys were all over the field, and that's what it's going to take. Now, we got a couple callers, and I'll get back to what the Arizona Cardinals have to do. we got a caller on the phone. Let me, let me bring this guy in. This guy is played for San, got drafted to San Francisco 49ers in the second round, played with Minnesota, played with the Rams, uh, Philadelphia played about ten years in the National Football League. He was listed as a running back, but this guy found a way to catch seventy-one passes. So he was a threat either either in the backfield behind the quarterback or in front of the quarterback. Uh, he was a uh, ninety-seven MVP for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, probably seventy percent of these guys' offense. A little more than that if you watch this guy play because he did a lot of kick returning. He did a lot of punt returning. Uh, whether whether his performance was needed on the team, and you'll find this guy. And who I'm, who I'm talking about is Amp Lee. We have a um, we have Amp Lee on the phone right now. So, um, Amp, are you there? I'm here, Quan. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm great, man. How you doing? I appreciate you calling in. That's nothing, man. I, I was talking a little bit about the Cardinals and their uh, their road to the Super Bowl, or how they got to it. And you played. Uh, numerous years in the National Football League, you know a lot of teams, they just want to get into the Super Bowl, get into the playoffs because anything can happen once you get there. And these guys found a way to get into the uh, Super Bowl. Now, speak on that a little bit and, and, uh, and understand it and help the, uh, call the listeners to understand that it takes a lot of luck to get in the Super Bowl. There are superior teams who are just deserving to be there and they outplay other teams. But when you get a team that's right there on the cusp and they get into the playoffs, that anything can happen. No question. I agree with you totally, Kwame. Um, coming into the league, I was very fortunate to be drafted by Frisco, the 49ers, who were obviously a very good team at the time with Joe and Steve and that whole deal. And I made the uh, NFC Championship game my first two seasons. Uh, my first year we played in Dallas and lost, and then they came to Frisco and beat us out there. You know, So 
for myself, I actually thought, okay, this is the way it, it happens, you know. In Fresco, during that time, you played for a Super Bowl every year, and that was the expectation. So um, I was kind of spoiled initially in going to that fran- franchise. After that, you know, I was uh, traded to uh, Minnesota, and then I went on to, to the Rams, and I made the first – well, actually, I never made the first round with Minnesota. And obviously when I was traded to the Rams, initially my we were, my first season there, we were – Four and twelve, and then five and eleven. So it's very difficult to get there, man. And as you know, I mean, you have to have a lot of things go right. Uh, my third year there, you know, we made some some trades and draft choices. Uh, Mike Marshall's offensive coordinator, and we won a Super Bowl there. So of all the places, man, I, I ended up winning a Super Bowl with the Rams. And granted, you know, again, my first two seasons with Frisco, um, I was in the NFC Championship game. So it's very difficult to get there, and. Um, you just have to have a lot of things go right, man. I mean, sometimes a ball just simply may have to bounce your way. Well, yeah, um, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. But you know, you you spoiled too. You coming to the San Francisco, the team that wins, and you you have all those great players around you uh, and, and great players to learn from, which I think the Cardinals have in such players in uh, of Kurt Warner. But you went to Florida State too. Now you guys were winning there. You you went to where <laughs> you went to a program where they win, and a lot of other stuff happened down there. But you won most of your football games, and then you lost. I agree, and, and that helps. I mean, it, it helps to come from a winning program. I, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, what's the deal with the Cardinals? What's the deal with the Cardinals? But as you know, Kwame, I mean, obviously a lot of it is, is, you know, your management, ownership upstairs, so forth, and drafting and having the right people in place with that. But also at the same time, if you think about it, if you don't, if you've never wanted and you've never been there, then the truth is you don't really know. Right. I mean, right. you're like everyone, and that's why you see so much copycat uh, that happens in the league and that whoever wins, everybody tries to draft that style of running back or that offense or that type of quarterback or that kind of receiver um, because all those teams are searching for that, you know, that formula to, to get there. And I think that's a piece that was missing with the, with, the, um, with the Cardinals in that they had no leadership, they had no examples there to, you know, to, to build from. I mean, yeah. Think about it with, with Fitzgerald being one of the, you know, the leaders of the team. Well, think about it. He came into that organization as a leader of the team, and, a, and he's a rookie. Exactly. As you know, Quam, that's, you know. I mean, that's huge, game. man. That's huge because when I got here, you had guys like Seth Jordan, Clyde Simmons, ahead of Nils Williams. But you you need some guys who's been there, who's played in tough games and know what it's like and, and can show you the ropes as you as you come in. But you, I agree 100 that Fitzgerald came into this as a leader. He came, he was tutored, he was tutored by some of the greatest um, uh, in the football and the receiving core over at Minnesota. I am. I don't know if you can hold on, but I gotta take a commercial. They got the music in my ear, and uh, hold on, man. Okay, good deal, man. We we'll come back with Amp Leo on the air. I appreciate this call. You on with Kwame Lasso the Voice American Network? I'll talk to you in a minute.
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're talking sports with Kwame Lasseter. If you have a question or comment for the show today, give us a call right now. The toll-free number is 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Now, back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. All right, we're back. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk again on the Voice American Network. I was talking to uh, Amp Lee earlier, and uh, I appreciate Amp, appreciate you for calling in, man, and holding on. Um, and now don't get me wrong, I I give the Arizona Cardinals a great chance, but I wouldn't dismiss of what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done throughout the year and and what kind of defense they have, and and not to mention their their defensive coordinator of uh, Dick LeBeau, who's who's been around the league. The guy's seventy one years old, so he's seen it all. He's been there. He's done that. Um, he has so much variations of a defensive package where you never know where these guys are coming from, and they did a great job. And I think a lot of key matchups will be coming from the corner position spot or if that defensive line, without even blitzing, and it looks like a blitz, can get to Kurt Warner. So I think the matchup there would be with the offensive line. And um, being Kurt Warner being who he is and being there, Super Bowl MVP, league MVP, I, I'm a fan of the guy. I think once he comes out the huddle, once he steps on the field, he commands your attention. He commands your respect. Um, Amp, you still there? I'm here. Yes. Okay. What do you, what do you think about this guy, Kurt Warner? And and do you think? Do you agree? Because I I want to I go out on a limb and say right now, he's really the NFL MVP. I don't know how you give a guy who MVP who's not even in the playoffs and the season's not even over. I think you hold off on that MVP selection and awards, at least that award. And I also agree with that as far as the Pro Bowl go. But that's another story for another time. But uh, tell me what the Cardinals must do, and what do you think about Kurt Warner to be successful in the Super Bowl? 
Well, first of all, for, for Kurt, you know, in regards to Kurt, Kurt is a just a, he's a phenomenal guy. He's a phenomenal man. You know, I was there with Kurt with the Rams, and uh, when he was, you know, second on the depth chart and kind of stumbled into a starting role during that Super Bowl season when uh, Trent um, Trent Green was hurt with an injury in the preseason. And Kurt came in and just did a phenomenal job, and, and obviously it's been all uphill from there. Um, you know, Kurt's a guy who, you know, he played, he had some great players around him, so he had a great opportunity to um, play with some great players. He had a great coordinator, Mike Martz, in my opinion. Mike Martz is one of the uh, best offensive coordinators, minds out there, in my opinion. Um, and he learned a lot. You know, and since then, Kurt, you know, have kind of, he took the bull by the horns, man, and, and just really hasn't let it go. Um, I think the thing that he, he's going to provide is obviously leadership, as you talked about, um, Dick LeBeau, in terms of the coordinator. At the same time, you know, Kurt, Kurt's seen, seen a lot. You know, it's kind of hard to fool him in terms of, fronts or schemes or coverages and uh you know because he's had a lot of pictures placed in front of him as well so um Kurt's a very smart guy I think the I think the biggest key for the Cardinals this weekend is going to be if they can protect if they can protect Kurt they can give him time you know to deliver the ball and establish some kind of running game um in terms of the run game I, you know if they can have a rush for 100 150 yards plus 30 carries plus that's great but they just need to be efficient in running the ball, you know, to slow him down a little bit, because I, I definitely think if it, if it gets to be a game to where you know Kurt has to throw the ball 35 to 40 times against that defense and that defensive line, that linebacker group, it, it's going to be an uphill battle. Right. Um, I know, think I, they're going to have some opportunities outside with Fitzgerald, and hopefully Anquan's healthy and up 100. percent But again, um, that the key, in my opinion, starts in the interior line, offensive, defensive line. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you um, 100%. But, look, I think um, having Kirk there, having him installed in that, in that organization, on that football team, that he can show a lot of those young guys and, and keep them calm. They will have to, and I agree with the matchups. There's going to be some matchups that Fitzgerald is going to have. I think it's with uh, uh, Townsend. Now, Townsend, he's, had, he's been tested. I think uh, – actually, he's not going to go against Townsend. I think he probably be lined up against Ike Taylor who has been an alternate in, uh, as a Pro Bowl. And he went and got against guys this year as far as Terrell Owens, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, as he called it. Um, Plexico, he's been against a lot of the guys. Andre Johnson in this division, in that conference, in that division, uh, AFC, Wes Walker, Reggie Wayne, Derek Mason, TJ Huzmazada, uh, Santana Moss. He's been against a lot of guys. But I don't think any of these guys – uh, they have the best hands like Larry Fitzgerald does, who can go up in the air and get the ball. Uh, Kirk can, if he go, if he needs a bailout, just throw it in the vicinity of Larry Fitzgerald, and it's a good chance that he may come down and play. But as soon as you start to double team Larry Fitzgerald, if Anquan is healthy and you have Steve Breston, I think, and I've been saying for a long time that those are the three best receivers in the game today together. And you got Anquan, who does a lot of the crossing routes in front of the linebackers, who's not afraid to take a hit. He's one of our toughest guys uh, in the National Football League, along with Hines Ward, and we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, he makes the plays. He makes the tough plays uh, across the middle where there's a lot of traffic, there's a lot of danger. And you have a guy. You can't double both of these guys. So I think um, the Cardinals have to establish a run. I don't think they have to get 150 yards, but they have to make – Pittsburgh, respect. they have to respect that run. They have to make these guys uh, 
stay honest, stay true, so they can get that match that match up in the backfield with the corners and the receivers. But they had to keep pounding the ball, keep counting the ball. When when Ken Wisenhunt came in here, all he talked about was a running game, establishing a run, and getting it done. And I think they got away from that a little bit uh, during the season, especially when that's why they had to make the chain with Hightower, um, bring him in to have a switch up, which is good. You always you have two or three good running backs, and that takes you far in the playoffs. But you have to have established running game to make teams believe you're going to run the ball and keep that safety from staying in the pocket where you can have a one-on-one matchup. And um and I think uh, Larry Fitzgerald he's gonna have an awesome game. He have he, Ike Taylor's gonna have his hands full with this guy. I also let me let me, let me name a few names: Rocky Blyer, Mayor Blunt, Terry Bradshaw, L. C. Greenwood, Jack Ham, Franco Harris, Ernie Holmes, Jack Lambert. The Arizona Cardinals got to understand: Mean Joe Green, Dwight, John Starworth, Donnie Shell. They're not playing against these guys now. The Pittsburgh Steelers have been in the playoffs in 2005. And it came down, I think that was 2005 against Seattle. There might have been a Detroit. Uh, they played against Seattle in the Super Bowl in Detroit. Now, they've been to the playoffs, but they're not playing against the 1975 guys. They're playing against the today's Pittsburgh Steelers. History. Who, yeah, history. Don't go in there and play against the history. And that's where Kirk come in. And, and they can, that's where Kirk come in. He can settle these guys down. Uh, these guys are taking it, you know, they're taking it as enjoy this opportunity, but we can still come away with a win. We can still come away with a victory. So he's able to settle these guys down, and they can go out there and play. Play against today's Pittsburgh Steelers where you do have a tough quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. You do have to get to him, though. He's, he's strong enough where he can, make, he can make guys miss and move around in the pocket. And you have, you have Holmes, you have Hines, who I mentioned it was one of the tough. He and Anquan Bolden. You know, two of the toughest receivers in the game. They go across the middle. They get up. They block up. They do things that you don't see receivers do when they don't have the ball. I agree. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think one thing that Kurt's definitely going to provide is the leadership. It helps that you you've been there, you understand and so forth. Um, and and they just can't really afford to make a lot of mistakes. So I think Kurt would definitely be a settling you know factor for the team in that regard. Um, you know, he's been there. He, you know, he's not going to be. You know, deer in headlights, none of, you know, it's nothing going to be too big for him. So I think his energy and his presence and his mannerism is going to definitely have to carry over throughout the team. Um, I think the, one of the keys is going to be that they just keep some balance, man. You know, uh, Palamula, Pala, how you say his Palamula, uh, yeah, Palamula. Palamula, well, if he, you know, if he can if he can play close to the line of scrimmage and, you know, not get hurt in the back end in terms of receivers and the matchups down the field, it's it's going to be a long day, but you know you're going to have to keep him backed up um, through being able to throw the ball down the field where they can get help. Because one on one, personally, um, you know, uh, Breston, um, Fit, and also Quan, they you know one on one, they're going to win. Ninety yeah, percent of the time, I, I'd put my money on those guys to win. So I feel like you know if they can keep Palomulu out of the game in terms of uh, having to keep him away from the line of scrimmage, which will create some run alleys, uh, it's going to give them a good balance. Um, and you know what? And I think they did that with um, Brian Dawkins when they played Philadelphia. Totally they kept that guy away from the line. And he was going, you know, you, you think about the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to blitz, blitz, blitz and, and count on their corners and count on their pressure so the ball can come out. But I think they did a good job with keeping Brian Dawkins away from the line of scrimmage where these guys can um, – they didn't make right. them one-dimensional where these guys can make players. So I, I hear you when you talk about uh, Troy Palomolo keeping this guy and making him one-dimensional, keeping him in a position where you have an eye on him. Right. I totally agree. I mean, I think if – 
I mean, you've witnessed here in the, over the course of the season and definitely here throughout the playoffs, one-on-one, if you throw the ball up near Fit or, or Anquan, they're, they're going to come down with the ball. Right. I mean, they know how to make adjustments to the ball. They can make play. Just get, simply give them an opportunity to uh, to play. One of the things Coach Marsh used to always say is the best matchup you're going to get is one-on-one unless they blow the coverage. And and that's grown man playing. you got to make a play happen. Exactly. And um, I, I was in St. Louis and Coach Marsh. I, that guy's all defense, and I think he has a great – he's all offense. I think he has a great offensive mind, um, not just for um, – he put everybody in the right position to be successful, everybody in the right position to make plays, and you saw how you got off there, how um, Marshall Falk, those yep. receivers. And, and I'm liking the Cardinals, and no, dis- no res- disrespect to the um, St. Louis Rams, but the Cardinals could be the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner at the ham. Now, well, as you can see, it's obviously a very similar offense in terms exactly. of the people they put around him and the style of play, up-tempo, and... And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that believes that, you know, some people say, well, you want to have balance, you don't want to throw it. My, my, as an offensive player, the idea is to move the ball and score. Now, and I play defense, and I'm saying if the offense, I can play defense, if I can pass the ball on you all day, don't worry about me running. I'll run when I can, but I'm trying to put points on the board. Right, the point is to score. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Put points on the board. Let's solidify this thing right away. All right, man. I don't know if you want to hold on, but I do appreciate your call. I can't hang on, man. Okay, I appreciate your call. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna add another caller to the list too. But uh, we be back in. Um, we be back in a little while. You with Kwame Lott Sports Talk on the Voice America Networks. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports every week body talk is here to answer your pressing questions about the fields of traditional alternative and functional medical science join hosts dr stephen ross and drake kellis as they uncover the truth behind some of today's ailments symptoms and diseases you'll get the most up-to-date information on treatments and remedies and their effectiveness plus you'll hear from leading experts on a variety of health topics listen for body talk with dr stephen ross and drake kellis tuesdays at 11 a.m pacific 2 p.m eastern on the voice america health and wellness network Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
here talking sports with Kwame Lasseter. If you have a question or comment for the show today, give us a call right now. The toll-free number is 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Now, back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. All right, you back with Kwame Lasseter on the Voice American Network. Uh, let me, I'm talking here with Amp Lee, but I got to give this guy all his credit. This guy, you know, he's a pretty good golfer. But let me talk about his football stuff. I mentioned earlier that he was drafted in the second round. Should have been, you know, first round. You know how that goes. 45th overall. Got played for 10 plus, 10 or more years in National Football League. I know the hard work that comes with that. Um, and he was listed as a running back. But anytime you line up and Amp Lee's on the field, you have to worry about a guy like him. He's not only a receiver, he's not only a running back, but he returned punts and kick and very successful at it. So, um, again, that's the reason why he was in 97, he was MVP for the St. Louis Rams. So, Amp, I appreciate your call, man. I appreciate you holding on. I'd like to keep you on the air if you can hang up there. But we got, uh, we got some more callers, and you can, you can chime in when you want to as well. Um, who we have? Uh, Kenya Simone from Chicago. Kenya, are you there? Hey, how you doing, Kwame? I'm great. How you doing? You I'm got- doing good. I have to comment, though. I think um, your talk about the Arizona Cardinals, you're a little biased, but as well you should be. You've had a very successful career out there in Arizona. And as much as I would love to see the underdogs win, I don't think it's going to be very easy for them. Well, you know, playing in National Football League is nothing easy. You know, a lot of guys that play – uh, you know, say any given Sunday that that team can win. But Kenya, you are I, I did get that right. You are in Chicago, right? Yes, I am. Okay. And then the Chicago Bears, they were they had to do <laughs> oh, a lot of things. <laughs> they had to do a lot of things to get in the playoffs. And they took care of business in their last game. But they were counting on uh the Minnesota Vikings to win that football game. They win the football game. They come here and play the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And the results don't change. The Cardinals would have won that game and the Cardinals would have to play after that uh for the championship, the NFC championship, the game would have came here, and it wasn't that it wouldn't have been the Chicago Arizona game that happened when they guys had a twenty point comeback. But this is a different Arizona Cardinals football team from two years ago, and you you're right. I am biased. I am biased because I I watch these guys in camp. I, I watch these guys. I like the underdog, and the Cardinals have always been the underdog. Mm-hmm. It's not the same on Cardinals. You everybody has perception that who they are and what they were. Uh, and they the same guys, but you don't get into the playoffs just by being average. You, I mean, no, you may you're get absolutely th- right, and I like the underdog too. And I think with Kurt Warner's leadership and his experience and determination, they act. They do have a chance. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald is a beast. The Bears missed out on him in in 2005, so we are like kicking ourselves right now. I'm sure, but you've also got for like Larry Fitzgerald, love him. I think he is awesome. But you've got Deshae De- Townsend and Ike Taylor to kind of help offset him. You know, but I think he- that. He's really coming. He's played some tough guys all season, and he explodes either way it goes. But I just don't think that this Pittsburgh Steelers team is going to just let them, you know, take it. You know, I'm not going to take away from what Pittsburgh does. Pittsburgh is a great football team. Pittsburgh has great history. Now, that's one thing, but what they do now, Ike Taylor and and Townsend, Mm -hmm. those guys are successful in that defense. Now, I'm not saying they're not good because I think they are pretty good defensive backs, corners, actually. They're successful because they have some pressure. If you're in a defense, if you're a defensive back in any football team or any football team, you want to know if you're going to get pressure on the quarterback so you're not covering all day. A play should only take five to eight seconds. Okay. If you're going to blitz, blitz. The ball should be coming out. But they are very successful, and they have been successful in that defense. They have played against some of the best in the AFC. 
because they blitz a lot, because they're Dick LeBeau, mm-hmm. because these guys put pressure on the quarterback. Now, I think Arizona's greatest defense, their best defense, I wouldn't say greatest, but their best defense is their offense. Kirk Warner averaged 270 yards passing. Oh, yeah, I agree with that 100%. And, and what the Pittsburgh still do, I don't think Pittsburgh can drive 75 yards down the field consistently to make a play. And three points in three points in Super Bowl, that may win a football game, but you have a high-scoring, powerful offense in the Arizona Cardinals with the receivers. I keep calling them dynamic. The three receivers, who are two of them are dynamic. Mm-hmm. You add pressing to them. I agree. They, I say they're some of the best receivers in the game as a unit. But you, their best defense is that receiving, not the receiving core, but the offense, mm-hmm. and it puts them in position where that defense, the Arizona Cardinals defense, can pin their ears and play fast and take chances and make plays happen. And if you saw through, if you watch these guys during the season, that's exactly what they've done. They made plays, they come out with big plays, and in uh, particular, Antrail Row. And the quarterbacks, when they get under that center, they're always looking for Adrian Wilson. Where's Adrian Wilson? You have linebackers out there who can blitz. You have linebackers who stay in the cover. They have a versatile, a very athletic defensive, second, defensive unit over there, and they're able to make plays and get to the ball. Absolutely. Now, you know, I was reading earlier um, that Heinz Ward is still questionable. Have you heard any updates on that? Yeah, Heinz Ward, he's, I, I was talking earlier to Amp Lee. Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward is one of the toughest football players in the game, and I'm sure you agree with that if you're mm-hmm. watching this guy play. Oh, yeah. He's hurt, but he's not hurt he's enough not, not, to, not, to, not to play in this football That's game. Right. Not to put his team, Not to put his team out there. His presence alone commands respect. His presence alone, he's done plenty of things without getting the football. He blocks like he's a offensive lineman. He blocks. He goes to the ball like it's the last play of the game. So he's out there making play. I think if he can line up, he'll find a way to get this team in position to make plays, to get first down, to do the things necessary without having the football in his hand. And I've, and I've watched him do that his whole career. That's why this guy, they win this game. Pittsburgh win this game. You talk about Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward actually as a Hall of Fame candidate somewhere down the road. He has two Super Bowls, and, you know, he's going to be mentioned because he played in Pittsburgh because these guys have numerous Hall of Fames, but the history alone, and then not to mention that he has better numbers than Starworth, than Lance Swan, Mm -hmm. and those guys. You know, if I could add something um, to to that with Hines, uh, yeah, I agree. I think think Hines is going to play, but as you and I know at this point in his career, Hines has basically become a, a possession receiver. Right. You know, obviously he's not a speed guy. He's not a deep threat down the field. And being that he is injured, I personally don't don't feel that he's going to be quite up to speed. And I don't know if he's going to have that much of an impact in this game just because, you know, he relies on his smarts and his intelligence so much, you know, with, with what I believe is, you know, not the most – you know, he's not at, at the peak of his career in terms of his physical ability. Mm-hmm. Um, he's competitive, no question. I mean, I love him as a player, but at the same time, you know, Hines is, is 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 a possession receiver at best, and due to that injury, I don't know if he's going to be, if he's going to have the impact um, that he that he may have otherwise. So well, I, I don't really anticipate him being that much of a key. Didn't a lot of people say that too about Kurt Warner though? They counted him out because you know he was an older player and he had been injured a couple times. And when Matt Liner, we're talking more with the health, his health in terms mm-hmm. of knee. I mean, he Kurt Kurt has to drop back and throw the ball. Hines has to run down the field. You know, elude people, and you know, and and not being that he's he's not the fastest guy, fastest guy anyway, which means it's going to take him a little bit longer to get down the field, and, and not available to um to uh, Ben. So that that could be a little bit of a, of an issue, in my opinion. I think, uh, and in terms of Ben, I think they need to 
to just keep him in the pocket. I don't even know if they keep, if they, if they can sack him, great. But the, I think Ben makes a lot of plays when he gets outside of the pocket. Yeah, I think um, where Hines is going to be efficient and very effective is on short yardage. You know where this guy usually come in motion and crack down? <laughs> I think he will be able to do that. But as far as separation or getting away from a defensive back at this point in his career and, and, and having a sprained knee, I think this will be tough on him, but I think he still will be efficient enough to go out there and, and make those blocks that we know that he makes, that we've seen him he make. He may convert some, third, some short third-down situations. Oh, oh, he yeah, may be easy. helping that situation. Because he's going to fight. He's a fighter, and he's going to fight for those yards. Those, But it has to be in short yardage. He's not going to have separation from anybody. And if he has to open up on a knee, then in, I think Amp, you and I can cover him right now today. I agree. Uh, right out, right off, the, off, the, off the couch. Right. <laughs> well, Amp, I just want to say good luck keeping Troy Palomalu out of the game. It's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> I, I, and I, you know, I'm not criticizing him because I just, I, he's a player that just d- demands respect. You've got to, you've got to know where he is. I mean, you've got to account for him. Right. Um, he's you all know, over so I, I, I'm, I'm saying that in respect to him because if you give him the ability to, to play. You know, whether it be from the line of scrimmage to 15 to if he can play both at the line of scrimmage and 15 yards deep, you've got a problem. In my opinion, they, you you got to choose. You either got to be 15 yards deep or you're going to be on the line of scrimmage. And, and that's why uh, and that's why a lot of defenses try to make offenses one dimensional. But if you like, if you make that guy, if you let him roam the field, if you let him get into some type of rhythm, he's going to blitz and he's going to be able to do it from five yards from the line of scrimmage and get there. But if you make him, if you establish that run or you show a commitment to the run, you find that guy in the box a lot more than his three receivers back there. Or you have to run some type of zone blitz where, and then Kurt, Kurt Warner has seen it all, but you run some type of zone blitz where you catch him off balance and you drop a, a, a defensive lineman in coverage. But if you make that guy one-dimensional like offenses try to do, uh, like defenses try to do offense, I think the Cardinals have a better chance of being successful in this football game. Well, one-on-one outside with – I mean, I like I like Taylor and I like um, Townsend on the other side, but at the same time, you know, Quam, cornerbacks are only, are only as good as their, as their defensive line, their ability to pressure the quarterback. Um, so if those guys are expecting to cover them one-on-one, you, you, they had better get some pressure in quick. Because you you know that they can't one on one they can't they can't guard them. Oh, I know. I, right. they, they can't guard them not consistently in the entire game. Um, I mean, we're talking about two Pro Bowl receivers here as well and a Hall of Fame quarterback. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, again, I think it goes back to the defense, offensive, defensive line, and their ability to protect and allow to give time to give Kurt time to get the ball out. Because you know, Fitzgerald and Quan Preston, they're gonna they're gonna have the opportunity to make plays if they get single coverage. So. And that's why I say those two corners, they they pretty good corners. I'm not I'm not gonna discount what they are and what they've done for their team, but a lot of that's predicated on getting pressure. pressure. If I'm a defensive back, I'm going to the huddle saying, like I need you give me give me a <laughs> second. Seconds. Yeah, give me a little <laughs> bit more time. I need you to get there. I need you to get there. Or and that's and it goes both ways. Right. I, I've been in the huddle plenty of times where defensive line say, Hold him one more second and almost had him. Uh, just give me one more second, hold that guy, and we'll get a sack. But that works both ways. And, and Pittsburgh has always been an aggressive football team. They've always been a pressure football team. And you got to credit that to Dick LeBeau, the defensive coordinator. This guy's been around. This guy's, I mentioned earlier, he's been there, done that, he's seen it all. So Ike Taylor and Deshaun uh, Townsend, I think they'll be fine if they can get that pressure that they put on teams all year. That's every corner, Kwame. Right, exactly. You don't want to be covering all day. You, that, that's why they call that corner position an island, because you're right. out there by yourself. All right, well, good luck to you guys on Sunday. Okay, and if you're ever in Chicago, I'm I'm you, I'll be radio here. So I look forward to your show, Kwame. I love your show. Thanks you, a lot. What, what you doing out in Chicago, radio-wise? 
Uh, I'm a personality for WGCI Radio. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye out for you. All right, thanks a lot. All Enjoy. Right, take care. Yeah, Amp, I agree. You got the defense is all predicated on making offense one-dimensional, and you can get that pressure, and that's all Pittsburgh been doing every year was getting pressure to the quarterback and coming up with big plays, putting quarterbacks in pressure situations and making them uncomfortable. No one's been able to protect. No one's been able to protect long enough to uh, to deliver the ball. No, um, I, I watched some of these the defenses they run. It was outrageous. I don't know where these guys were coming from. Yeah, but, uh, but no, they're, they're tricky. They they are tricky. I'm gonna go to a break for uh, probably two minutes. I got a uh, hear the music in my ear. I gotta change that music by the way. But uh, uh, you on a uh, Voice America Network Kwamela Sports Talk? I'll talk to you in a minute. for some football? Well, here it comes. The Owen Hodge Show is bringing you the funniest hour in sports talk radio. This action-packed show is hosted by the outspoken fullback, Big Hodge, and the knowledgeable defensive back, Odie. This show will focus on the NFL, but touch on all things sports. Owen Hodge will provide you with a true player's perspective that'll give you insight, make you think, and definitely make you laugh. Owen Hodge have accumulated six championship rings, so obviously they know things. Check out the Owen Hodge Show at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Owen Hodge Show. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're talking sports with kwame lassiter if you have a question or comment for the show today give us a call right now the toll-free number is 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Now, back to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. You're back with Kwame Lasseter on Sports Talk uh, with the Voice American Network. All right, we, we went away. We were talking about the defensive back and the pressure that the Pittsburgh still put on there. But there's a lot of motivation factors Going into this game, you have both coaches, and I'm talking about the coaches, Ken Wisenhunt, who was in Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin, who is now the head coach in Pittsburgh. Um, 
Russ Graham was up for the job. So the Arizona Cardinals have head coaches on the staff, but you can only be one head coach, one guy who's who's running the show, and that's Kid Winsenhunt. But I don't know if there's animosity or or what the deal was. But here's here's what I think. If I'm the owner, Rooney, what direction do I want to take my team, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mike Tomlin, defensive-minded coach, Ken Winsenhunt, offensive-minded coach. And when you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, you think about defense. You think about L.C. Greenwood, Jack Lambert. You think about Jack Ham, Mean Joe Green. You think about these guys. So I'm going to bring in a defensive-minded coach. But and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of motivation factors going into this game, uh, going to this game to help this team get over it. But I think when you got a guy like Kurt Warner from the, in the Arizona Cardinals, you got a um, defensive MVP for the National Football League, James Harris with Pittsburgh Steelers, and it makes for a great game. You can put all the additive factors into it that you want, but it makes for a great game. Cardinals are going into this game with a three and three and zero winning record, uh, total of points thirty six point two. I think. Defensively, they've given up too many yards in this playoffs. It's not good, but I always say they're better defenses, the offense, the way they put up points on the board, and that's 31 points a game. Their opponents, 20 points a game. A defense, they've given up 324 yards, and that's sometimes through the run, most times through the pass. Oh, I have on a, I'd like to thank my guest, Ampley, um, numerous okay. years. So we only have a short segment, so we all chime in. I got um, Hank from Tucson. Hank from Tucson, you on? Kwame, how you doing? Good I'm to, great. Uh, good to call in today. How are you? I'm great. How about you, buddy? I'm doing well, thank you. I do want to go back to like the uh, to uh, uh, something you guys were talking about earlier about Heinz Ward. Yeah. And you being a uh, a strong safety when you played and you played hard. And if somebody came across the middle with a big mouth, I mean, from my opinion, in the past, people would hit them hard. And I want to know if you think one. Do you think if they, if Hines is going to be a factor that somebody like Adrian Wilson, who is a beast, tra- you know, covering the back, the DBs, will he come up and pop him and I'll take care of that? Well, yeah, you know what? Uh, you got a guy like Hines Ward. It's just, unfortunately, this guy's not going to be at 100%. He's not going to be at his best. But if you got a guy that talks, Hines Ward is one of those guys can talk and back it up. I mean, he plays he plays like Anquan, so, and you know what that's about. I don't need to speak on that, but he's a guy that's tough, come across the middle. He makes those tough yards where you got um, you got guys like Holmes who, that go deep, and it's a chemistry as far as offense is concerned. But you want to at least put pass on these guys and continually for four quarters, for 60 minutes in the ball game. That way you wear them down in the fourth quarter. I think my personal opinion, I think if you take a great running back, I know you're talking about Hines, but – if I'm a defensive coordinator or defensive coach, if you if I'm playing against a great running back, by the fourth quarter, I want to make this guy good. I want to always put a pad on him. I always want to hit him so he's always looking for you. And it's hard to do with a lot of, when I mention great, it's hard to do with great running backs because they know how to protect themselves. They know how to get the tough yards. But you put pads on guys who go across the middle consistently, and that can come from your linebacker, and that can come from your strong safety. But Hines Ward, he's not going to be 100%. So I don't know how much of a factor, and Amp mentioned that earlier, I don't know how much of a factor he's going to be as far as um, get, making big plays for this team, making big plays for the Pistons. But they have other playmakers around there. They have been. He's been in the Super Bowl uh, against the uh, Seattle Seahawks in that cold weather in Detroit. Um, but other than that, yeah. Do you think that, though, when he comes across, that they'll level him or they'll hit him hard and he won't want to come across anymore? And, and because he has a bad knee, they'll, they'll – he'll – if he's at fifty percent after a few hits, he might be at twenty five percent. Do you think that they would would they game plan something like that or no? They're not gonna game. Stuff? No, I, I don't think they were game plan specifically for him. But 
if, as a, if I'm on Arizona Cardinals and he continues to come across the middle, if he does what he do been doing all year, I'm going to see if his sprained knee is healthy. If he tells the coach he can play, then right. obviously he's going to be in packages where he's been doing what he's been doing. Once the coach, once he goes to the coach and says, I can play, then the coach is not going to change anything. So if he go across the middle as a defensive back on an opponent's team, I'm going to make sure and see if his knee is in shape and ready to play for four quarters. Hank, Hank there's a term, man. Think? When you cross the line, you're legal. Yeah, when you cross. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. So in That's other words, right. if, if he makes a decision to come out there and cross those lines, guess what? It's legal. It's legal. So once so, he step off that sideline, he come out that tunnel, he go through that celebration and get emotional like the rest of those guys. And football is a huge game of emotion. It, it exposes everything about you. If you're a coward, then football would ex- expose that. If, you, if you're tough, if, if you're ready to play, if you're a gamer, football exposes every emotion during the course of a 60-minute football game about you. So if, if Heinz Ward come out and play, and I know he's tough, and we all know he's tough. We watched this guy play throughout the years. And, uh, and if and they're able to pull this game off, Pittsburgh-wise, I think he's a – I think after five years, you mentioned his name. I don't know he get in right away, but you mentioned his name for the Hall of Fame. He's he's broken the records that uh you got guys like in the Hall of Fame now, Lance Swan, Star Wars has. So uh, him being tough and him being smart are two different things. So he better be ready. You, the Cardinals need to test and see if that knee is good. And one thing I would add, Kwame, is I think, you know, right now everybody's talking about how physical, how physical um, Pittsburgh did, how – physical their defense is. I personally think that Arizona and the Cardinals should, should step up and take the challenge of, of simply matching that intensity and, and matching that level of, um, of of physical football this sun, Sunday. But you know what? When when, it, when I was playing, uh, my coaches always say, let's outplay their defense, especially when you had a defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers and you had somebody that was at the top of the game or Philadelphia, and we outplayed their defense then we had a good chance that our offense could make put points on the board. But you, I agree. Our, the Arizona Cardinals need to come out and establish the line of scrimmage right away defensively, come out and make hits, and maybe even take a 15-yard penalty right away. I, I, even, I would even take the approach from, a, from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, look, we're not going to drop back and throw the ball. Well, look, we're not going to take the attitude we're going to drop back and throw the ball every time because we can't run block. And, and, I, I wouldn't even take that attitude. I would come out and establish right up front and let them know that, you know what, it's going to be chin to chin, face mask to face mask all day. This is where it's going, and you've got to be able to stay play. You've got to be able to change. You've got to be able to play whatever style is necessary. So if it's third and in, in inches, you, you know, run it. I mean, yeah, run you it. Gotta I, go I'm, at it. Third and two, you got to be okay to say, you know what, we can physically handle this situation and we can get it done. Because if not, other team senses that, other the the, the players sense that, the coordinators senses that, and they continue to attack. Once they exactly once they figure out you can't run, that's why I say you you establish the line of scrimmage, and that be offensive line, whatever team come out first, offensive line or defensive line, you have to establish. And you want to be physical, we're gonna be physical. Uh, Arizona Cardinals coming from the NFC West was not a pretty good conference, and Pittsburgh doing what they doing in their conference in their division. You have teams like New England Patriots eleven and five who didn't even get in, so they playing not that they playing on a tough schedule. It's like who's playing best right now. You come out and establish that. You come out and establish a, a physical dominant football game, and that's the way you play it. You you right. You can't be afraid to take chances at a third and one, and maybe even a fourth and one, depending on where you are on the field, because we both know this is a game of field position, um, a game of less penalties, a team to make the most penalties, a team who more susceptible to lose a football game. So you come out and establish that attitude, come out with a 
with a mentality that we're going to play football and this is how we're going to play for the rest of the game. Well, you know, it's kind of that bully mentality. I mean, bullies, they, they use intimidation, but guess what? They hate being bullied. Right, right. Once you punch the bully in the mouth, he, he stopped. With, with, hey. with regards to uh, the, the coaching and what you guys just talked about, uh, my, uh, I think Wisenheim will have an advantage over Tomlin. And, my, and the reason is he, he understands the Pittsburgh team, I, I feel, better. Like Paulo Ball, when they stopped, uh, uh, I forget who they played, but uh, on a short, and he came over the top and, and uh, held them, and then when the Cardinals had the same chance against the defense or uh, against Philadelphia, they ran uh, on the outside, and that's something that he would know to do because Palomar would plug the hole. What do you What are your thoughts on the coaching when you have decisions just like those two? Coaching is a uh, hang. I hate to cut you off, but they got the music in my ears that I'm gonna have to change by next week. But I agree. I thank both you guys for calling in, and I thank Ray Ellis who put all a lot of things together for a lot of players uh, on his Voice America Network. But you was on with Kwame Lassa Sports Talk. You guys, I appreciate your call. Let's get out and do some golf and do whatever. Uh, amply, um, multiple years in the NFL. Thanks for calling in. Hank, thanks for calling in. I'd like to thank Kenya Simone out of Chicago. Appreciate you guys. And I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.